It's the old Doctor Who show, episode number four, Tomb of the Cybermen. Go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. You couldn't control my mind before, and you certainly can't control it now. Would you like a joke, Lydia? The TARDIS, when working properly, is capable of many amazing things. Because the polarity of the neutron flows, the TARDIS will be free of the force field. Well, the TARDIS is more than a machine. It's a unity. It's a Resulting reaction is fighting. All right, we are here with the old Doctor Who show. I am your host, Eric. And I'm your other host, Dan. Two hosts. How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing great. Doing really good. What's up with you right now? Um... I am ready to record our podcast. Oh, is that what we're doing That's today? Where I'm coming That's from. what we're doing today. All right. Which, speaking of which, today we're doing um, Tomb of the Cybermen, and I don't know about you, but when I went to watch it, I noticed that it's gone from Amazon Prime. No, so I'm glad we. Yeah, I'm glad we introduced Hulu Plus. Yeah. yeah, they're gone. They're all. They're all gone. So all BBC shows, including Doctor Who, classic Doctor Who, except for Orphan Black. Yeah, I was reading an article. Reading an article on uh, The Verge. Because they have an exclusive. Yeah, so it looks like Amazon wants to do this whole exclusivity thing where any show that they carry cannot be carried at the same time by other providers. So they're trying to take on Netflix. I think it's a really interesting strategy, and I I don't know what they're doing with that. But, you know, I I don't get Prime because I want the video. I get Prime because I want stuff delivered quickly. So it's they're not incentivizing me. Yeah, I think that's part of their plan, though, is because they... For people like like I don't use Amazon Prime at all, hmm. really. I mean, essentially, I'm always going to Netflix. And I think for them, with uh, what's their show that they have with Jeffrey Tambor? Yeah, uh, um, Transparent. Transparent, uh, doing as well as it's done. Mm-hmm. I think their big push is exclusive Amazon produced content. Sure, where they want to sort of become more like an HBO in-house produced content. A really smart idea. I think yeah. trying to do this ex- exclusivity where. You make your customers have to figure out, well, what service do I need to find the thing that I want to watch instead of just making everything. Make it your one stop. That seems to be smarter to me, but I'm no Jeff Bezos. Yeah, I think they're just thinking, like, we're not after that market. We want people to come to Amazon for the great content that we produce. And, like, why spend all this time negotiating constantly with other licensees? It seems to me that it would be actually harder. It seems like it would be harder that they'd have to negotiate these exclusivity deals Rather than just a common carry deal that seems like anyone would that'd be like off the shelf yeah, sort of deal. I don't know. I, I feel like it's more it's either us or it's not. And if it's not, we don't really care that much because we're do we're moving in this other yeah, direction. Maybe because I mean, there's Hulu Plus and there's and Netflix. I mean, one person's going to win. Yeah, Hulu Plus always had the largest catalog of Who episodes of classic Who episodes. Who, use, who uses Hulu? Plus? I'm I think I might I be the only one. You're it's you and that guy Steve, <laughs> Steve Hulu, Steve Hulu, yeah, has, yeah, because that's his family, uh, the Hulu Empire. Honestly, I gotta say, as quirky as Hulu is, and this, and you know, it annoys me that I have to pay to watch it on different devices, pay to have the back catalog, and pay to have the opportunity to still have ads shoved in my face. Makes me yeah, upset. If it if it didn't have ads, it would be kind of the perfect service. I'd be super happy with it. Even as quirky as it is, where sometimes it, it'll stop in the middle of an episode and get screwed up and blah, blah, blah. And the interface is not the best. But if I didn't have to pay for ads, uh, it would be it would be the best. It would, it would kick Netflix butt, especially for the content that I want to watch, which is, you know, right. a lot of the Who, current seasons of shows, that whatever. I'm doing an ad for them right now. Um, so yeah, cl- they always the had button. good, like, BBC stuff, too, yeah. like that. What was that spy show? I can't remember the title, but the guy is very funny that was in it. He played like, I don't know if he was a teacher. He was somehow he ended up being like an MI agent. Oh, the wrong man's talking about the wrong man's. No, it was called like, I feel like it was called spy, but, uh, Oh yeah, no, no, no. I do know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I saw an episode of it. I had only, yeah, there it is. Spy. It is called spy. Mm. I was right. You win. Um, but anyway, so that's the deal. So Amazon prime is out. Unlike the Netflix deal, I feel like this is not temporary. I feel like this is probably no. gone. It's, yeah, it's going to be gone. I forever. think you're right. So I'm, we'll update the site and remove that. Yep. Column. Hulu Plus is going to be the way to get most of the episodes that we're going to discuss, uh, but we'll note where you can get the other ones as well. Or, or buy them. Or buy them. Yeah, you can buy them from iTunes for the most part. So uh, I, there's certain ones I wouldn't want to buy from iTunes. So let's, yeah. I would, well, hey, you could. Uh, I would check the Hulu first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
So anyway, that's uh, that's the deal. And then you also went away, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm recording this on a Sunday. Got back from skiing in Colorado. The boyfriend and I went out there and uh, hit some incredible mountains while we were out there to ski. And uh, what else do they have out in Colorado? They have... Uh, Oh, they have oh. legalized marijuana. <laughs> That's what they have. So. So, okay, so hold on. So back up. So you, because right. I don't understand. I mean, I understand how marijuana works, <laughs> but with these legal the legal magic. dispensaries, yeah. If I if I, if you may divulge me, sure. So these are just set up like coffee houses, no. in, like, in Amsterdam. No, or no. Well, okay, I've never been. To, I've never been to Amsterdam. Uh, this is the first time I've been to such a place. Um, no, it's it's really strange. So not every not every town or every county will allow dispensaries to be within their borders. So sometimes they're on the outside of town. I was in Breckenridge uh, for the most part. Really nice town, historic, pretty big. Um, there's only one dispensary in town. The rest are out of town on this uh, mostly a, a road called Airport Road. Um, big big warehouse. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. you get it high, buddy. <laughs> you uh, want to go flying? There's no planes here. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. So out there, they have a, a, a whole bunch of warehouses and, and buildings set up um, because I think they have to grow on premises or they have to – everything's so tightly regulated that from right. the moment it's planted to the moment it's sold, everything is tracked by the government to – Make sure that it's being maintained the way it's supposed to be, that it's labeled properly, that it's uh, not being sold uh, to the black market, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm sure also to collect taxes. But uh, so there's a whole bunch of them. They're all right together. Uh, on one side of the road was a whole bunch of dispensaries. On the other side of the road was a, a restaurant called Munchies. I think it was a coincidence. I have. Oh, that's pretty strange. great. Pretty great. Yeah. Um, so we just I, – I picked one at random. Actually, I was uh, kind of goaded into it by, by the boyfriend who doesn't – never partakes at all. But was like, mm-hmm. you have – we have to go there. This is – it's like what, you know, when you go to Atlantic City, you're going to gamble. When you go to Las Vegas, you're going to get a hooker. When you go right. to Colorado – Yeah, you're right, going to kill right everybody. Right, person, yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> everybody knows this. <laughs> when you're in Rome, you're going to be a corrupt politician. This is just what you do. So we all went right, – so to, to stop you here though, yep. just so I understand. So – these dispensaries, they're just stores, so you're going and you're saying, I want this uh, type of strand or whatever, Man. they give you a package, and you smoke it out, like, no. in your house? Okay, yeah, yeah, so so the store itself, uh, you walk in, to, so the one that we went to, Globe Botanicals, <laughs> if anyone's interested, um, walked in and immediately hit in the face with the most pungent smell of marijuana I've ever smelled in my life. And not that I, you know, I don't know what it smells like. I'm guessing that's what it was. Um, so I walk in, but it's it's very much like, you know, it's actually, the one that I went to was kind of like a low-end uh, comic book store. Like, it was just like, yeah. you know, not, not super fancy. There are some really fancy ones. I've seen pictures that are like, wow, this is really high-end. This was just like a normal strip mall sort of place. Glass display cases up front. You wait in line. It's a cash-only business, so the first thing you see is an ATM. Um... When you walk in, uh, you wait for a bud tender to ask you uh, if you need help, and then you have one. Set per- up like the genius bar. It's, like- it's, a, it's a slightly slower. Right, you want your sativa bar. or your indica? That's exactly what it was. That's you exactly- want a hybrid. All right, this is going to keep you in the couch. You are not even. Yeah, this is exactly right. So, so I go in. I'm like, I, I don't really know what I'm looking for. Uh, so this this uh, bud tender. She uh, had gigantic red eyes uh, okay. with pupils the size of dinner plates. <laughs> super nice, super mellow. I don't know why she was so mellow. She just hands you like a note that just says, help me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think she was in the place she needed to be. She, she was, was she fine. Was she was fine. Yeah. So she walked us through like, you know, here's here's um, uh, little cases that you can you can open it up and smell the, the different product. Um, it labels exactly what it is. And because they control the growing of it, they know how much each bud contains percentage of THC, what type, you know, indica versus sativa. It has a little uh, magnifying loop on top of the case. You can look at it so you can see all the hairs and all the crystals, man. Um, it sounds amazing. But here's the <laughs> thing that was even crazier. That was just one one row of it. The rest of it is all the edibles. So okay. you got your, you know, your traditional space cakes and brownies, but then you got lollipops. You've got gummies, all the different types of gummies. You got gummy Sour Patch Kids. Watermelons, they all look like what you would find, like Haribo, sort of. Uh, yeah. It looked like identical to those. They had waxes that you are supposed to put on top of a bowl and then melt that into it. And But everything's broken down, so it says exactly how much THC is in each one. So if, if you were 
like someone I know, to buy a package of uh, sour watermelons, for example. Yes. It's 100 milligrams of THC. One, uh, one of those is 10 milligrams, and that's enough to be like a regular you know, dose. So you 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 eat one of those. (laughs) I'm not sure where I am right now. Right. Uh, Because I say that because I, in 1999, I went to Amsterdam Uh and went to, you know, and at that point now it's like, there's a lot of states that are legalizing it. Like you're saying you're in Colorado. Right. It seems like it's, it's on the verge of becoming legal. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in like 1999, it was just the idea that I was going someplace and buying weed. I bought like the millennium weed. And sat in like this weird house and and did a bong hit and and was immediately thought that I was on the set of a TV show and like freaked out. Like I'm not a big, it's not a big smoker, but you're in Amsterdam. I have to do it. Like I went, went all into my head. You got to get high and go to the Anne Frank house. That's what you do. And that's what, yeah, that's what I would be afraid of though (laughs) with uh, Colorado. Like you're talking about like, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to try these gummy bears. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm flipping cars over in the streets. Like, I could see through time, you know, and like <laughs> no, time traveling. It was, uh, it was, it was, so it was a good experience. It was a good experience. I, uh, <clears throat> completely chickened out. Um, and, uh, so whenever we were checking out the hotel room, I left, uh, something for the, for the uh, room service cleaners, uh, some cash and the rest of my, my stuff. Cause there was, there was no way I was going to, I was not going to bring it back. Once you enter the airport, like it's actually illegal in the Denver airport. And I just figured they know what they're looking for. No matter how like much it looks like, whatever it is, it's just not worth it. But it was also, here's the other thing. It was also super cheap. That's the other thing. You would think, oh, well, you're paying the taxes. It's super, super cheap. Everything, all of it. Like I had, I I bought a uh, packet of 10 uh, for $25. That's that's pretty, pretty good. And oh, and the high was supposed to last like six hours. Oh, the other one that was the craziest, did not try this, obviously. The craziest thing I saw, transdermal patches, like a Nicorette patch. Yeah, you put it on. Oh, She's like, yeah, crazy. you can put it on and, and just be high yeah, for like 12 point, hours. Like, I'm like, who right. wants and, that? Yeah, did you look at her and go like, you guys are going too far. You, you're a little bit like a glass of wine at dinner and then go to sleep. Like, that's what you need. I don't understand. I'm, I'm right. just going to be high <laughs> forever. It's in my toothpaste. It's in my cream rinse. It's everything. So... Now, what are the... Uh, not to... I mean, No, no, no. We're just, this is the new show. Room, I promise. <laughs> but yeah, the new show. Well, this could be actually a pretty good show because I am generally curious. So are you allowed to... Yeah. Or do you even know? Can you smoke no. like out in public or is it a deal where you're, you could only buy it at this place and you have to smoke it or do whatever you're going to do it at your own home it is analogous to open containers you can't drink a beer in public you can't smoke a joint in public so same sort of thing but you are there places where you can smoke publicly like a bar i think there are lounge i think there are lounges oh there are like clubs that are set up for it i don't know if you need to pay like a membership like one of those fake i just became a member of this club so i can like drinking clubs type things but I, i think that's the case um and uh, in private residences, actually, I think like hotels, you're not allowed to or supposed to. You know, the edibles allow you to get around a lot of that, and uh, because you know, it just it's anything you could have it anywhere. Right. Um, Any Doctor Who themed edibles? No, but I like your reference to being able to see through time. So that's that's pretty much <laughs> yeah. that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. It's also based <laughs> on a true story nice. that happened in 1999. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So that's, that's that's what happened. So, so anyway. I. Uh, I I, that's cool though. That's very I, uh, exciting. I just did it in the privacy of our own uh, uh, condo, and uh, that was it. I can't imagine people doing this up on up on these mountains. These mountains are insane. Like I, I mean, I've been a skier for five years. I've done a lot, a lot, a lot of skiing, but these mountains are, are insane. I cannot imagine doing that impaired in any way and surviving. So, but yeah. they were so. But since it's been legalized there to an extent, I'm assuming it was like an apocalypse. Like everyone was on fire, people getting murdered. Oh yeah, I'm. All of Colorado is just—it's a, a desolate wasteland. Yeah, I'm not—I'm not sure wasteland. how we got out of there. We had to pay our way. Uh, there was a a group of road warriors, I think they called themselves, that got us to the airport. <laughs> so other than that, I'm wearing his feather now <laughs> and his yep. uh, football gear. It's the only way up. All right, so all right, so let's get into speaking of tombs, which no one brought up, and I'm going to bring up now. Amazing segue. Segways Amazing. are important. Uh, you ready to go this. into tomb, tomb of the Cybermen? Of the Cybermen. All right. Let's do it. The first guy that sets foot in my rocket ship is going to stop the repair work just like that. 
How long will it take to get the rocket operational again? Working non-stop, without interruption. Maybe 72 hours. But that's impossible. We'd all be out of our minds after three days in this place. We must go back on board. Look, I can't afford to waste any more time with you guys, but I'll give it to you just once more, all right? Now, you may not know this, but we practically have to pull that ship apart to fix the damage. And there just isn't room for all of you on board. Especially with you insisting all over the place. No room to work. Got it? All right, here we are. We're reviewing Tomb of the Cybermen. This is the first serial from the fifth season, 1967. Written by Kit Pedler and Jerry Davis. Directed by Morris Barry. Very, very quick synopsis. The Doctor and his companions, Jamie and Victoria, cross paths with an archaeological expedition on the planet of Telos, who have just unearthed the secret tomb of the Cybermen. That's pretty much all you need to say for the... uh, Now, we're jumping in because we're not doing the show in any chronological order. So, we've seen Jamie before um, when we did uh, The Mind Robber. Yes. And this is three seasons... No. This is a couple seasons after that. No, this is before, right? This is, I think, the first. Oh, is this it? is the first serial. I don't do my homework. Of Patrick Troughton that survived. Okay, okay. Uh, the Mine Robber is the second serial in the se- sixth okay. season. Um, but anyway, yes. Victoria, uh, this is her second serial. Uh, she was introduced in the previous, the one immediate before this. Um, yes. Which does not exist. Okay, great. In, so I'm glad we did see full. it. So. She is uh, 14, 15 years old. She was born in 1852 to a wealthy wealthy British family. Uh, Her father and his uh, scientist friend uh, were trying to develop a a method of time travel, and apparently that something went wrong and it connected them to the the Daleks on uh, their planet. And of Scarrow, and uh, they held Victoria hostage. So things went wrong. She became an orphan, and now she's yeah. she's traveling with the Doctor, kind of as a as a the, the Doctor's a surrogate father figure in a way. And Jamie seems like a very protective sort of like big brother. So she's traveling with them now. Victoria is interesting too because there's only two serials that survived with her. Okay, this one and another one called um, I wrote it down here somewhere. Enemy of the world. Okay. Everything else is like partial. Like she was in the Ice Warriors and there's like missing episodes. Like poor Patrick Troughton really got the shaft. I mean, it seems like most of the if his stuff has just been erased. So like this is this is the uh, Yeah, so this is during the era of BBC when they were re recording over the tapes. Is that is that what he's a casualty of? Yeah, yeah, because I think this is the actually the first Patrick Troughton one that you can get that's complete. Yeah. So. Okay. So yeah, starting in this this episode, um, it, it kind of like like we've seen in the previous serials, it kind of just picks up right at the end, tail end of the previous episode, and, and dives into the new story. So uh, yeah, so we start off in the TARDIS. Um, they're gonna they're gonna begin their next uh, adventure. They don't know where they're going, obviously, because the you know, nothing works the way they expected to. And you had mentioned Victoria. This is her first journey with them yeah you know as you said the previous episode they sort of inherited her yeah i mean obviously she's seen alien cultures she's seen the daleks she's seen what they can do um but it's still on board to to go yeah. traveling yeah her character is strange i liked it she was she was you know definitely a very quick-witted sort of character yeah. um well i don't know about quick-witted though there's a t- part where she just like goes into the Cybermen recharging machine okay. for no reason. All right. It looks completely dangerous. Some of She's the... also, like, unable to help herself at pretty much... It. She has to get, like, a guy to hit a switch or something at one point. She's like, right. you have to hit it. Which You're the one that saw it. Like, right, so yeah, that was... I such... felt like she's a little uneven. I don't think that's her strength. fault. I think that's the writing. No. I mean, I, it is. It is. I think yeah, the as character... As an actress, I think... She's a very char- charming actress. I really actually yes. enjoyed her very much. Um, yes. I think all the characters really... We saw so much more of the characters as we've been watching more of you know Troughton and you know seeing Jamie again and the relationship. I guess you know this is happening before then, so you're kind of establishing more of the relationship than we saw in Mind Robber. But um, you know, this Jamie teases the Doctor about trying to have a smooth takeoff so he doesn't uh, yeah. frighten Victoria, and the Doctor just kind of takes umbrage at it. But it's like this teasing relationship that's developing between the two of them. Uh, at one point, the Doctor kind of slaps him on the back of the head to shut him up. I mean, there's just like this definite playful. Um, banter and relationship between them that I thought was really cool. Um, what also happens in this episode is Victoria finds out how old the Doctor is. So yeah, four, 400, he thinks he's about 450 Earth years old, um, which is kind of cool. So she uh, kind of treats him like an extremely, extremely old grandfather because she lets him sleep right. at one point because if you're that old, then you're going to need to sleep. Yeah. So, yeah, so we actually kind of get an establishment of how old he is at this point. 
Yeah, and he consoles her a bit too, where she's, you know, obviously her father had just passed away, and he does this nice little speech, um, which actually I can play now. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, about her, uh, her relate, you know, his relationship with his family and how he can no longer really remember them, only when he wants to, and and uh, so we'll play that now. Are you happy with us, Victoria? Yes, I am. At least I would be if my father were here. Yes, I know, I know. I wonder what he would have thought if he could see me now. You miss him very much, don't you? It's only when I close my eyes, I can still see him standing there before those horrible Dalek creatures came to the house. He was a very kind man. I shall never forget him. Never. No, of course you won't. But, you know, the memory of him won't always be a sad one. I think it will. You can't understand being so ancient. Eh? I mean old. Oh. You probably can't remember your family. Oh, yes, I can when I want to. And that's the point, really. I have to really want to, to bring them back in front of my eyes. The rest of the time, they, they sleep in my mind, and I forget. And so will you. Oh, yes, you will. You'll find there's so much else to think about, to remember. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. It's played, Dan. Yeah. This is the future. This is it happens. It's It's not being edited in or anything. This is uh, exactly how it happens. Okay, so so in the beginning. Overall, you want to go over some of the characters? Yeah, that's that's a part of it. I'm really interested in because there are some really big characters. Like, not not big important, but just broad. Really broad characters. Yeah. So we have this expedition that's full of... uh, a few scientists, uh, a captain of a spaceship um, and his crew, um, and then two financiers of the uh, – a man and a woman who kind of financed the yeah, whole Cap- mission. Captain and uh, Klieg or Eric Klieg. Yes. The two people. Yep. And she falls into the same, you know, the evil manipulative woman Shh. that is going to, you know, push the other guy into doing – you know, it's a very similar thing to the last one that we did, the unearthly child with – yeah, with with She's with the woman doing the Lady Macbeth. It's another yes. Lady Macbeth. And I sort should of say, like both both Captain and Cleeg have uh, are like supervillains with the superpower of pretending to be asleep. Like they both <laughs> they both uh, use that power, like you know, pretend to be knocked out, yep. then do like the one eye open so the yep. audience is like they're still up, and then they close their eyes again. But from the moment from the moment the uh, the woman spoke, you knew. Well, as soon as you saw her hairdo, yeah, she was you, as soon as you saw the hairdo, you knew that that's an evil hairdo. That's like a first black flag definitely you know the only a black person in the show that we've seen so far is, is their servant slave man servant who can't speak really like what's wrong what's a, wrong with a him anyway? gigantic <laughs> strong black servant really yeah yeah his name was stereotype uh oh yeah it's my it's not doberman it's like um to- toberman 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 yeah. yep that was a little uh, much. It was super off-putting. Super off-putting. He was. We'll yeah, send. We'll send the big. It was races. It was space races. It was space it was races. Space it's it was future races. races. Yeah, because... Yep. <laughs> so that was really odd. Um, yeah. And she's immediately using money to, you know, lure people into doing dangerous things. We right. lose a, one of their crew. Who they a lot of people die in this. There's like yeah. multiple crew members that get killed. A whole bunch. I mean, uh, so they they find that this tomb. Uh, it has these big, almost hieroglyphic sort of style of of the uh, portraits of the Cybermen that just yes. looked. I mean, actually, actually, the hieroglyphics looked much better than the actual Cybermen looked because yeah. those costumes were really yeah. so something. I, I, they I were special. It, I, yeah, I mentioned it in the in the beginning. So yeah, so they're they've uncovered this sort of as Dan's saying this ancient tomb of the Cybermen, which is booby trapped and guarded. They, it's booby trapped yeah. with it's it's protected by fireworks. Um, Three hundred years or something? Didn't they say like it's yeah. been so many years between? The I think last you're time right. The was seen. I think they, they said like that they've been extinct for three hundred years. Something like that. And yeah. but they don't know why. So they're trying this expedition to find out. Where did the Cybermen go? Why are they extinct? And this was their their like lost city that they yes. that they would have come from. And this is this is this underground entrance into their uh, into the city. Yeah. So Captain and her a boyfriend, husband, whatever I don't know, uh, Eric Clegg are sort of the they're members of. I kept thinking they were saying like secret society of magicians. Yes, at but first. But it's log- logicians. logicians. It's yeah. logicians. I was like, all right, so they're magicians. Like I was expecting <laughs> them to do some kind of magic trick. I'm like, they keep talking about math and logic. 
They're, they've actually financed this expedition that's run by Professor Parry, who I loved because he's constantly reminding people that he's in charge of this expedition. Yes. He can't solve any problems. He doesn't nope. seem to know how anything works. Also, uh, he I'm can't, he can't hear. When he's in the room and not being spoken to directly, he can't hear what's happening. So yeah. then he, get, he gets to be startled by the thing that the audience has been watching for a minute. A solid minute beforehand. He also has a very... He's got a, a younger, bearded Liam Neeson look to him, which is immediately yeah. uh, relatable. Kind of like, kind of liked him. Um, yeah, it's a completely irrelevant point, but I thought I'd bring it up. Uh, but who is the guy that's flying the ship? Because uh, he is man, the okay. so, Captain Hopper. That's what I'm talking about. Is that his name? Was it Captain, Captain Hopper? Because they referred to him as Captain. They kept referring to him as Captain. A blonde, uh, air quote, American... Uh, He's not getting 50 pounds now. Come on, Pop. Come on, Pete. <laughs> this guy is fantastic. Do we know anything about this? He doesn't sound like he's an American. He sounds no, like I, he is yeah, he's a doing really a, bad actor doing yeah, a horrible... He's doing an American not, accent, so it's, not only it's is he trying doing, to be like a James Kirk, I'm guessing. Yeah, okay. I can see that. But it's, but it's, like, it's all, yeah. it's all a strange American accent with nothing but cliches. But even in 19-whatever it was, 60-whatever, they seemed like dated cliches then. They didn't seem currents. It, it, no, was, all, it was like Rat Pack, just, sort of. Yeah. I just kept going back to him and back to him because, like, his lines were always like, okay, I got it. And, like, just, like, he's constantly – and also his character, because they have to set it up that they can't leave. Right. So all he does is he shows up every episode usually just to say, still working on the ship. Don't even go there. I can't build it if you're not there. Got to go, guys. Bye. And then he leaves. Right. He's almost on his own episode. Like, he doesn't barely interact with people. He just says Yeah, actually, no. The other, the lost episode just follows him, just fixing the ship. Oh, I would Yeah, they recorded over that one, too. Now, it was okay. just him. And while we're talking about him, did he look familiar to you at all? No. Okay, you have seen balls, him no. before. Oh, All right, I'm going to play really? a clip now oh, and excited. see if you could recognize this. Okay. Hopefully it's loud enough. Senator stress signal, and then inform the Senate that all aboard were killed. Lord Vader, the battle station plans are not aboard this ship, and no transmissions were made. Our escape pod was jettisoned during the fighting, but no life forms were aboard. That's him! Was That's that him! No, it's no, not Grand Moff Tarkin, who actually uh, played in the Doctor Who movie. Of course he did, because he's you British. Know, some other Doctor Who movie. But anyway, uh -huh. no, he. I don't remember his name. In Star Wars. I know that line. He's, he's in uh, A New Hope. So after Gosh. they ca kidnap Princess Leia, uh, Vader and, and uh, Star Wars fans will know uh, all of this. Like, Oh, my gosh. But anyway, so he's talking to another, like, Imperial guy. And they're like, she's never going to, you know, give you the secrets or whatever. Right. He, the door opens. He pops out and just says that line. And then Vader walks away. Oh, my gosh. That's so amazing. He has, like, if you go to, like, a Star Wars wiki, I'm sure he's got a whole yep. expanded whole universe yep. to him. You know the planet but he was born on. Uh, yeah. Yes. Oh. I kept thinking, like, I know. And I don't, I, like, I know him from somewhere. And I put it into uh, Google. And I was like, oh, my God. It's that dude. It's that, that that's an incredible find. That's a that's yeah. amazing. But uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so he he's an amazing character. That I have mixed feelings too about this episode. But I guess we should talk about the Cybermen. You mentioned the Cybermen. Well, yeah. So, First time so, we see the Cyber uh, Mats. Yeah. Okay. So so they uh, the Jamie finds this. Ja yeah, that's right. Jamie finds uh, what he thought was a fossil or something on or a dead caterpillar. That's what he thought it was. A dead caterpillar on the ground. Uh, picks it up. It uh, later the doctor finds another one. Looks at it, um, and he looks at it. Looks it up in a book that he was carrying, and says that it was a cybermat. Do we know what that book is? Was yeah. that is this yeah, something I mean, that tr that that the second doctor does? I because we don't know, know either, like, in in the modern series we have obviously the doctor has the the book that River Song has that they so you can keep track of the chronology. This does not seem to do that. This seems to be like the uh, monster manual or fiend folio. For uh, yeah. the Doctor Who universe. So he just looks it up. And Gary Gygax yeah. says that this is a... No, anyway. Yeah, I'm just wondering if you're right. Like, is that something they introduced before? Because this isn't the first Cyber. There was no reference to... Either. Right, right. They, so yeah. they, they previously had dealt with Jamie, obviously. You could tell from the, the way they were reacting. Jamie had seen the Cyberman before. The Doctor had, obviously. Um... But yeah, this little cyber cybermat. We know them from the, the current series. Uh, there's the one in the shop with... Uh, Oh, I'm not describing this one properly. Uh, Matt Smith episode. Uh, he goes to take a, a job at a, a shop in the mall over Christmas time with uh, the guy that played his previous roommate. With the, oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, God. And I, I can't. 
Okay, audience, I love Doctor Who. I'm so well, sorry I don't know anything about the show. I've never actually seen Doctor Who. No. Um, so, so, so we've seen those Cybermats. These were just crazy bad looking. Uh, it, it looked like construction paper, uh, tin foil. Uh, Closing time. Closing time, thank you. Yeah. Uh, construction paper, tinfoil, uh, part of an RC car, I think, was driving it. That or fishing wire. And, um, and like, for some reason, it looked like balls. human eyes. Like, <laughs> some of the eyes which could also like inflate. Creepy. They had yes. eyes that would inflate, which was an They were like one fact. of those like toy things that you squeeze and the eyes bulge <laughs> out. <laughs> you know what I'm like talking about? Like a little stress toy. There was a cyber stress toy. Yeah. And and I did some research on them because I, I actually didn't know too much about the cyber mats or mites. And I don't yeah. know if this is in all stories because it said, like, some references say that they're actually babies. And Oh, I hadn't seen that. That they're created oh. from uh, bodies that the Cybermen cannot use. And so they're converted to these cyber you know, okay. master controller or whatever. And it said babies or pets and stuff, which I thought was extra creepy. They don't say that in this episode. I don't know where that. Yeah, we don't actually really know from. much about them. We don't yeah. know anything about them except later on we see that that they're they can home in on brain waves and then do something to people because we never yeah. really see what they do. Yeah, I was wondering are they they get are they responsible for converting people into? Because it seemed like but, they kind of did that with Toberman a bit because they bit, sort of yeah. came at him. It was a very confused episode. I don't think yes. they had worked out the entire mythology of the Cybermen at this yeah. point. They because at one, of, yeah, at one point, the Cybermite bites Captain in the neck. Yeah. And when I'm watching, I'm like, oh, maybe she's going to convert That's at what some I point. Too. But it, that never happened. That didn't so happen. It was, it was confusing. And plus, there's like these little things on the ground. And they do this like elaborate thing, the doctor, to get out of it where he runs current through the floor. And that somehow destroys somehow all of them. It over I, it was... shorts them out. But it's like you could all just kick them. There's like there's there's not that many on the floor to be honest. Right, like, this is everywhere. This is, there's at this least is towards 14. the end. This is yes. towards the end, and they're they're trying to find an exit out of the main control room. And they go one way, and there's one tiny cybermat there, and they scream and turn around. Right. They go to the other door. There's another tiny little. It, it was completely uh, uh, unrealistic. I was not. I was not. Oh, they, they were just crazy bad looking and super small, and you could just yeah. shoot them with a gun. I did, um, I did like. I mean, again, I said I had mixed feelings. Like some of it, I think works really well. Mm-hmm. As it goes on, it it seems to lose a little bit of something. But I do like that it feels like an old horror movie. You know, like an old monster mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, a lot of the old Doctor Who's are like that. And I love. Yeah. I love the stuff where they when they got into the to the pyramid or, or whatever it is the. Um, the tomb. the tomb underneath, right. Yes, and, like, even, like, you mentioned, like, the Cybermen looking poor. Yeah. I liked, like, when they were crawl, crawling, clawing out of, like, that cellophane or whatever. I thought Definitely. that was, like, cool, cool imagery. So they go, they go into, they go into the, the tomb, which is below the control room. They, they figure out that everything, all the control panels are working on some sort of logic gate that, whatever. I don't know. These logicians completely get it. Yeah. The doctor gets <laughs> or, it. Or at that point while I'm watching it, why are these magicians, like, so interesting? <laughs> are they going to cut a, a lady in half? Yeah. So they, they figure out, like, how, how the symbolic logic works, and they can open up the, the doors, whatever. So they get down into the tomb, and everything's frozen down there. So so the Cybermen, that's what's happened to them. They've, they're frozen. We don't know how at this point, but they're frozen. So they figure out how to thaw it out. The uh, Klieg uh, says he's trying to get them back out because they're trapped down there, but what he's really doing is thawing them out. And then it has this sequence where it's this, they call it the honeycomb, but this big uh, rows upon rows of Cybermen. It's sealed inside a frozen kind of chamber, and they're stuck behind, like, some sort of plastic to keep yes. them fresh. Um, and then they they kind of reanimate. Now, what was really cool to me was, like, it, it was – it almost looked like it was stop motion, but then at some points it was actual live action when they're actually kind of coming out of the plastic. You can see the actors kind of, like, working their way out laboriously to get out of each of these little combs. But at first, when it's defrosting, it's like this almost stop action of all of them. Lined up. It was just a really cool effect. Like it didn't. It wasn't super convincing. It just looked very stylized and yeah. very, very cool. Um, not all of the effects in this this uh, serial were that good. Uh, no, one of which get, would be. You did get our favorite guy throwing the smoke grenades. Oh jeez, that his, was great! Break, uh, action breakout. But even before we wait, get wait, into so he this, throws though. smoke grenades that make yeah. them actually kind of dance like they're in a club in the eighties. Yes. That's what the Cybermen yeah. just kind of have to. Get confused. But one thing but, that I thought was interesting about the whole overall episode was the doctor <laughs> basically 
allows them to get in. Yeah. Then he he gives them enough information to crack the code, but not all of it. But then still opens the door. So it's like he could have stopped this whole thing and nobody would have died if he just never opened the front door of the place. I mean, you're right. It's not even... Yeah, <clears throat> once he gets past the front door, but the whole way through, he is definitely helping them along because he wants to know what their plan is. Yes. But, but. <laughs> why... Just stop them. It's yeah, obviously not right. a good plan. It's <laughs> like, why are you? People. But it, it was kind uh, of like, not good like his own curiosity, too, was enough yes. to like put other people in danger. It was, it, was, it was interesting that he would tell them enough, and then the guy's doing it, and then you see him like hit a switch. Like, he didn't actually tell them the whole sequence when they first get the door open. Right. I thought he was hitting a switch to prevent it from happening. That's what I like, thought. But it, I thought he was trying to screw yes. it up. But no, he actually did it to assist the guy so he could open yes. it, but still not know how he did it. Yes. So on one hand, he's helping them. On the other hand, he's preventing them from being able to do it themselves. It, right. Yeah, you're right. That was a really strange thing. And, and it's, it is revealed after they get down that the Cybermen's master plan was to have someone as smart as the doctor, I guess, because he's the one that figured out how to get in here. To arrive, and then they were going to take over their bodies, I guess. Yeah, I, so so there's all the regular Cybermen, um, and then there was kind of a master controller Cybermen yes. that was that they that they then released afterwards, and he kind of tells the whole plan. And yeah, so the whole logic gate thing, symbolic logic, the whole puzzle to get into the tomb was to weed out whoever was going to get there so they can find the smartest person and then convert him into their new leader, I think. So they wanted – Yes. I think that's what they wanted. They wanted someone very smart that they could then convert and then that person would be the leader. And I'm um, used to like the – you know, expecting when they do convert someone to a Cyberman, they would look like a Cyberman. But it mm-hmm. ended up where they uh, – Toberman is converted but really only his arms, right? He gets like robotic yeah. arms or something but he's pretty much – Because he wasn't Toberman. he wasn't so smart. Obviously. Oh, is that? Did they um, say that that they couldn't use? Yeah, his brain? that he was. No, they didn't say there wasn't. There wasn't his brain. That he was very powerful. And we can use him. So I think okay. they converted the part of him that was so. He was a super strong guy. So they converted his arms and and kind of controlled him through laser waves or something. Yeah. I don't know to to kind of mind control him. And I think that they they didn't convert him the whole way because they wanted the the cyber leader wanted him to go back to the group and he could control him from within them. So he wasn't converted the whole way. I think they would have, but. In this case, they just needed his his strength. Yeah, and I, I also like the um, Toberman overcomes his uh, controller because yeah. the doctor talks to him and says, "You know, you're human. Think of think of the two bad people, uh, Captain and Clegg. You know, mm-hmm. these Cybermen are treating you like a slave, essentially, and they don't care. And it's like, so are the people that you're saying that you have to do right, 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 right. Like, but hey, at least they're people. I guess." But, he's yeah, never like get very... rid of all of these people because they're all jerks. Like it was yeah, just, just kill it, them it felt, he does this whole speech, and I was like, okay, is that going to play out later? But it didn't. So I thought it was like no. you know, ironic on purpose, and then there was going to be like a, a payoff, but there wasn't. There was not. He was basically <laughs> no saying, no, "You army. deserve to be owned by these people. I, I'm the doctor, <laughs> and this is you know." Remember how good it was when you were controlled by normal it people? It was just very weird. It was very weird that that his whole you know character. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so it turns out that Kleeg's whole idea was that he and his group of, of magicians, right. uh, his group of uh, logicians, had this superior intellect in the galaxy. But without that, it's useless. You need the power behind it. So they wanted to wake up the Cybermen and slave them somehow. Right. I don't know they what their plan was. To be, that, to yeah. A, wake either. them up. B, something or other. C, control the universe. Yeah, and then take over um, Earth, too, right? Specifically, take, they were going to... Specifically Earth, and then, you know, kind of take over everything. Um, so that's, that that was the whole plan from the beginning. They had no way of doing this until they think, oh, there was this, this other kind of weapons testing room that they discover uh, where the second guy dies, um, <clears throat> which they were testing... The Cybermen were apparently testing some weapons. If I have this small X-ray laser gun... X-ray laser gun? All right. If we have a small X-ray laser gun, then I can control the Cybermen to have to do what I say. It seems like a really tenuous plan. As long as I don't sleep and I always have this gun in my hand, then I can control the entire race of Cybermen. But if either of those things happen, I'm done. For for, uh, a secret magician, uh, he did not think that one through. He's supposed to be incredibly smart. And yet. And yet. And the actor's name was Klieg, right? 
So for and this just shows how I could hardly hear things, and and I'm also not too bright. I kept thinking the doctor was calling him Mister Clean because he was bald. <laughs> like I was like, that's a weird American product reference. Like, why does he keep calling him Mister Clean? I guess so. And then I looked it up, and Mister Clean had been out already, but by 1958. So, it's too, so it's and then I was like, oh wait, that he's not, so so he's so what you did you checked you checked Google to see if Mister Clean was a product rather than checking Google to see what the character's name was. I'm not very I see smart. How it, uh, I'm I get it. Smart. I get it. I'm not very smart. Though. All right. So anyway, so, yeah, so I mean, what happens? Blah 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 blah. They get out. They. Take it out. Um, we also learned the Cybermen are apparently full of foam. Why did the Cyberman yeah, explode weird. in foam? Yeah, he like uh, uh, they ripped off the yeah. control panel so in Tober- the front of him. Toberman is uh, this. This is the scene where Tober- Toberman overcomes his oppressors. Yep. He yep. rips open his chest, and you're right, and it looks like almost like marshmallow foamy yeah. goo coming out. And I don't know what that was, but it was kind of and weird. just keeps going and going yeah. and going. Uh, so that was strange. Um, oh, then just just because. You know, it's fish, who, it's classic. Line, it's, the fishing line that you're talking about. <laughs> yes, it's classic who. So people always talk about how the effects are horrible. Here's an example. Uh, earlier in the episode, when they first go into the tomb, uh, Toberman is fighting with one of the Cybermen. I don't know if it's the leader, but he's fighting with them hand to hand. And the whole, the whole time that they're fighting, you see a gigantic line attached to his waist with a gigantic buckle like a carabiner attached to him clearly pulling him up so you know in about three two one he gets picked up and thrown yes. and it's it's so horribly done the second time they're up towards the end of the episode they're up in the control room toberman has now fought back uh, against the mind control he's going to help them he is now tussling with the the, the leader uh, you see the reaction shots of Jamie and the doctor watching them go off camera, mm-hmm. and then Toberman comes back on camera again, clearly carrying a dummy, and throws yeah. him against the control panel. It is so obviously a dummy. It's it's crazy bad. Um, so that's how they, they knock him out. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the whole thing wraps up with the doctor uh, taking the rest of whoever survived after this episode. Um Electrifying the control panel, yeah, electrifying so he, the hatch, he, he electrifying the door. The so he seals it up, but so, he, so no one could ever get back in again. But except yeah. there's a cyber mat that's left and outside. And that's why I started so. to think, okay, well then that makes sense <clears> if these cyber mats convert people, so only one needs to come out, and then Cybermen will be reborn somewhere else. Yeah, right. I, I think that that is the case, yeah. or or becomes the case, or whatever, because you know these stories kind of evolve. Yeah. Um, we really didn't talk about Victoria much. In this episode, I, I mean, she she didn't do she didn't do anything physical. She was always left behind. The ladies have to stay behind while we go into yeah. the tomb. No, they, so she was they always literally left. say that. I think at one point she's like, they say I it wish several I was times. A, I was a man, and I it's like, yes. oh, come on, because you get like yeah. Zoe, Zoe, you know, one season later, and she she would mm-hmm. not be doing any of that stuff. So no, I, I didn't all. love this character at all, except that she she didn't have any of the physical. She didn't do anything really yeah. physical. But she did use her wits to to trick them to yeah. you know misdirection and to be also able to, in, to help in everyone out. Complete fairness. This is her first episode. <clears throat> she was on mm-hmm. the show for at least one or two seasons, so you know that okay. this her whole character growth could you know she can end up in a totally different place by the time she leaves. So it's not fair right. to judge her completely on this. But she I mean, was not my the favorite she... companion. I would guess I'm no, not that. not to start off. But I mean, considering her entire family was great, actress, her mother had died yeah. previously. Her her father was killed by the Daleks, and she still decides to go traveling with the Doctor. I think it's an interesting character. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. Yeah, it's, not, so, it's not fair to, uh, oh, to judge it on one thing. Yeah. Anyway, so so uh, so that's that whole story, and they decide to go off uh, on the next adventure together. Uh, what did you think of the story as a whole? You said you had mixed yeah, feelings. Yeah, I did. But, I mean, uh, there was. Parts that I really liked. Again, I liked that, that the way it felt like an old sort of monster movie. And I definitely mm-hmm. felt like the first half was stronger for me. Um, yep. And at the end, it sort of it devolves into this like action scene. And there's a lot of time of going up and going back down. And, that, and I was just going to say that. it's We've seen this in previous episodes, especially like uh, Unearthly Child, yeah. where the, the the second half of that or the, you know, the, the cave part – it's a lot of we go here, then we go back again, then we go here, we go back again, and likewise they go into the control room, they go into the tomb, they go. It's back and forth. Um, I feel like some of these episodes really could have benefited from instead of being basically four twenty-four minute episodes, they could have been one hour, 
Yeah, like, they or like just, a two-parter. Yeah, you're saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah just just much tighter because you could have just dropped a whole bunch of stuff where it was back and forth. And it, maybe maybe that's why the current season, you know, technology is better. The editing style is different. We just have a different sensibility um, now in, in the way that we consume TV shows yeah. and, and make TV shows. But uh, I think it just would have really would have benefited from a, a cleaner pace. Um, th- there's just so much in here that you just did not need. Right, but uh, but I agree. The first half of it is really, really solid. Um, you know, the mystery. There's a mystery. You don't really know what's going on. It definitely has a horror feel to it. Um, you know, the reveal of the, of the Cyberman, like I said, but that stop motion coming out of the honeycomb thing was actually really well done. I think, um, other than some of the fight scenes just being horrible, right. but I, and but the death scenes. Oh my god, yeah, the death scenes they're, are they're just all, there was the worst. One thing too, where the guy gets shot with the laser. And he's like, uh-huh. he was shot in the back. See, look at his shirt. Like, there's like some like, cannot see a thing. There's nothing I there. Lo- yeah, I but, love uh, that guy though. Like, he was just like he was. He would bring joy every time he was on screen, as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. And to talk yeah, a little bit yeah. about the the Cybermen too. I know you were kind of down on the designs and everything, but I sort of like them, especially. It's not the, fair. I'm not- I like the audio. Like, I liked the way the, yeah. the controller talked. The way they spoke. Yes, it Terrific. made it super eerie and just had like a really good vibe to the whole thing i watched actually the, uh, yeah i'd like that yeah, too. i watched the last two episodes with my kids who were nine mm-hmm. and six and they were sort of more into it than i thought they were going to be and they seem to have no problem at all with with the cybermen and i think like the voice maybe even scared my youngest a, a bit yeah i mean this is coming from i mean you know i'm jaded based on you know how great we expect our special effects to be now. So, you know, the, the costumes were, they were fine. They were absolutely fine, but they weren't great. The other thing for me too, is I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the Cybermen. I've already said this. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the Daleks. I'm not a huge fan of the Cybermen only because they're overused in the yeah, current, in the current yeah, series. You have to in the current it. series, it's, it's always one or the other in the, almost always one or the other in the, in the finale is it's, it's just too much. Um, but coming back and, you know, Leaving all that aside and seeing this episode, it's not their origin, but it's still one of the early episodes. I think it was great. I think it was really, really well done. Cool. So, I mean, overall, overall a great episode. It could just use with a, a, a bit of editing to cut it down to speed it up a little bit. But all the characters were really great. I love the interaction between Jamie and the Doctor, like I said before. The relationship that's developing with Victoria, I think, would be really great if we could see more yeah, of those exactly. episodes if they existed. Um, <clears throat> overall, just yeah, really solid episode. I feel like this one too. There was some history with this one where they where they thought it was lost for a long time, and mm. then it was l- recovered. Yeah, there were a few of those. Where so this was know, like one of those episodes. A BBC engineer like kind of held onto the tape or something. something so like a, a that, whole yeah. bunch of those were re- were returned at one yeah, point. So yeah. I, it's definitely worth watching um, for anybody that hasn't seen oh, it. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, uh, I think I prefer Mine Robber. I, it's it stinks because I really like Patrick Troughton and I want more. Like I want to watch more of his stuff, um, but yeah, this is it yeah. for us, pretty much. He's definitely a really good kind of uh, somewhere between goofy and uh, playful, but at the same time, definitely relies on his cunning, like the, yeah. all the doctors do. But just in such an interesting way. Yeah, I agree. I'd like to see more of him, and perhaps when we come to the end of the the top episodes that we're reviewing, we'll come yeah, back we and hit back. a couple of the other ones. And speaking of episodes, <clears throat> uh, if you go to the old Doctor Who Show dot com. Uh, we have a new link mm-hmm. that's a little bit easier than sending you to news and then to uh, our schedule. There's a link up top now. It just says schedule. So if you click on that, you will see our next episode is the first color episode, the first John Pertwee episode, Spearhead from Space. And we're going to be doing that, or that'll go up on 325, so March 25th. Yep. So this episode is going to go up on Wednesday. Uh, so that's three weeks from then. So get on watching it. Yeah. I'm actually interested to see what you think of the whole John Pertwee error? Because it is a bit yeah, of a Yeah, this change. is actually one of... Yeah. I, I've actually seen the beginning of this serial. Because this is this is right after... He regenerates in this episode, yeah, right? This At the is, very beginning yep. of the of episode. Yeah, so I, I specifically... When I started getting into Who, um, when the new series started, I went back because I, I, I was only familiar with Tom Baker. So I wanted to see what was available. And there's very little that was actually available streaming at the time. <clears throat> so I saw a bit of this. Maybe actually I saw it on YouTube. Okay. Like an illegal clip or something. So, you have so I saw a bit of that. I've, I've only seen the be- beginning of it. Um, you know, it has uh, some of the characters that we'll come to know later on, like Brigadier General Leftwich yes. is in this. So it's it's a pretty cool and episode it's just much because more on Earth units in it. All yeah, that. yeah. It takes yeah. place a lot more on Earth than in the TARDIS, as you'll see. But yeah, yeah. It, it's cool. Um, so it, it's gonna be good. If you want to watch that, please do. You can get that now. No longer on 
Amazon, but it is on Netflix, it's on Hulu Plus, and it's on iTunes. Mm-hmm. So get cool. at that. Um, I do have to do a plug, Dan. I have uh, I will have a book coming out Wednesday when this goes up, so I would be silly not to plug it. But I have sure. an all-ages sci-fi adventure book about two teenage astronaut kids who crash land on a planet and have to fight giant monsters. You like giant monsters. You like I love giant like monsters. You like warring oh, queens. One of my favorites. So uh-huh. please uh, look for that. It's called Planet Gigantic New World Home. It's the whole trade paperback, so you get all four issues. That will be in stores on the 4th, March 4th, the day this goes up. That's fantastic. Get on that. You get it on Amazon. You get it on Comixology if you like digital, Dan. Are you going to be in uh, comic book shops? Uh, yes, uh, you can go to a comic book shop as long as they've ordered it, which they should. You should be able to find it. Will most places be able to order it into the yeah, store for yeah, them? I mean, if they don't have it, you can tell them to yeah. order it for me. I mean, go to Amazon because you can get stuff for cheap, but go to your local yeah, comic book store and support them. Store. And you'll find other yes. stuff there. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. So that's going to be out at Wednesday. You can reach us together at the old Doctor Who show at gmail.com or on our website, mm-hmm. the old Doctor Who show. Yep. Com. And please subscribe to this thing, you, mo- you monsters. <laughs> Subscribe to this thing. Why are we telling you? No, no, no. You guys tell your friends to subscribe. We, you've already done the yeah, work. I'm uh, sorry for him yelling at you. Guys, monsters. we love you. I'm Those sorry. people you called friends, they got to pick it up. No, yeah. also we're looking for not a lot. We're just looking for a subscription We don't want to talk into a vacuum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. uh, anything for you, Dan? You can, you can, yeah, you can uh, uh, read my tweets at, uh, I tweeted Dan J. N. J. Dan J. N. J. What about you? In the house. What about you? Oh, I am E. Grissom. I do. <laughs> you can find me at E. Grissom. <laughs> at E. Grissom. Cool. Or you can go to ericgrissom.com and you can read free comics and get my Twitter account and contact me and do all that kind of cool, fun stuff. Because you're so fancy. Because I'm fancy with my funny books. All right. Um, yeah. All right. So thank you. That was a lot of fun. Thanks, everybody. I like this episode. Talk now. to you I soon. reviewed it with you. See you guys. <laughs> I liked it too. <laughs> Bye. So wonderful. Have you any idea what it's like in this deadly building? Well, it's not exactly peaches back on the ship. Until I find out who broke into that rocket. What? Who broke into the rocket? Until then, I'm going to keep a round-the-clock guard on it. I see. I'm going to get off this place with my skin still fitting tight all over, all right? Slow down, I'll take care of this, Jim. Okay, I've got it.